This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. And this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me today is the local coordinator, the program uh, coordinator for Project Hope, Joanne Fumaro. How are you doing today, Joanne? I'm doing well, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I know some days better than others, <laughs> you know. And then that was pre-pandemic, I have to say. But uh, you know, we've been seeing a lot of the public service announcements on TV for Project Hope. But maybe, and of course, when it was first launched over a year ago, can you believe? Um, yeah. We 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 covered it. We ran news stories on it, and and all that kind of things. But it's still amazing how many people are not aware of just what it is, who runs it, and and who who it's directed toward. So first out of the gate, why don't you give us an overview of what Project Hope is, and we'll talk about what you do. Sure, absolutely. Well, New York Project Hope is a program, excuse me, of the New York State Office of Mental Health, and we're a grant-funded program uh, funded by FEMA. And what we are, we're a community-based outreach program, and we're designed to help people deal with the impacts of COVID, um, which, you know, um, has been ongoing for the past couple of years now. We started our program here in Broome County, um, I believe it was the beginning of August. Oh, it's that recent. Yes, yes. It's been ongoing, like you said, for over a year, but we started here in Broome County um, in August. And what we do is we provide, we have a group of crisis counselors, and we provide um, education, emotional support, referrals, and group presentations. Um, we have our two weekly support groups. We have one Mondays at 2 o'clock right here in our MHAS building. MHAS is our host uh, um, agency, and MHAS is the Mental Health Association of the Southern Tier. We're located on 47 Broad Avenue. And we also have um, an evening support group, which is every Thursday, and that's at the Oakdale Mall. We're located in the MHAS office there, which is right next to Blondie's. The Project Hope um, public service announcements are, are really rather general, and it basically says, you know, look at we know this has been a lot to deal with. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, on, on all sorts of levels, it's been a lot to deal with. Uh, but I think a lot of people think when there is a state agency involved, um, uh, Office of Mental Health or, or whatever, they immediately think that it is pure 100% nothing other than crisis intervention. But you do crisis intervention, right? Well, the crisis in this situation is the COVID pandemic. So um, while we're not a, a therapist, per se, we have crisis counselors who do offer support, and they are here to listen, and they offer skills-based counseling. So it's more of a supportive counseling than um, a therapeutic approach. Why, why did it take until August for Broome County to have um, kind of a, a local handle on this thing? Um, the only thing I can think is maybe some of the bigger counties in the state, as you know, New York State is quite large. So um, I know that uh, there was certainly a need for it. And I think uh, collecting the data um, for Broome County showed that there was, in fact, a need for um, the uh, Project Hope to be here in Broome County. 
And, you know, as you mentioned, Matt Emhast, I've been talking to uh, Mr. Leahy for quite a bit through this whole thing, and definitely that agency stepping way forward when it came yeah. to yeah, for, for everybody, a clearinghouse for services and, and such. Uh, this is kind of nice that there is a supportive thing for people that are, are, are taking a step back and saying, all right, well, we've gotten through 20 months, but this thing, we don't see, uh, you know, a total open door at the at the end of this thing, and it really is exactly. starting to make you feel kind of overwhelmed and kind of not, I know the name of the thing is Project Hope, but I don't want to say people are hopeless, but people are not as optimistic maybe as they were six yes. months ago or more. Yes, I think the hope was that there would be a light at the end of the tunnel, like you said, but unfortunately there has not been. So that was certainly a criteria, you know, for the program to continue. In fact, when we first initiated the program, it was only supposed to go until December. Um, This is a temporary program, and we have been extended until March with the hope and the um, extreme likelihood that this could potentially be extended to June as well. So, um, you know, the need is certainly there. I do want to make note that the program is anonymous, confidential, and free, so it does not cost anything. You know, our program is the bridge while helping people who we're speaking to get to if they do need additional services further than what we can provide, um, we can certainly get them there. If you need, you know, referral, we're seeing a lot of um people needing referrals to outpatient counseling or drug and alcohol counseling, um, people having financial difficulties, loss of jobs. Um, So people are certainly struggling. That you, you touched on the alcohol and substance abuse uh, end of it. It's is it kind of makes some of us cringe that it has come to be almost kind of a punchline, kind of a joke about how much people have been drinking during the course of the pandemic but yes. th- this is this is not not really as funny as it's been made out to be sure and you know of course anyone with past substance abuse um uh, diagnoses are um, more susceptible um, to increasing their use or even relapsing for that um, matter. So we're, you know, we're definitely, like you said, seeing people increasing the use of alcohol um, and, you know, illicit drugs as well. Um, so people, you know, finding ways just to cope with the stress and the uncertainties. Um, it's, it's, been, it's been really, you know, a difficult time for many, many people. It's almost funny that with, you mentioned uncertainties, that for a while, the new norm was as stressful as it was, people teaching their kids at home, and then it changed. And you yeah. had the stress of sending the kids back. And then it changed. And there's the stress of whether yeah. or not you get the kids vaccinated. And then it changed. And there's another yeah. variant of the, the, the thing. And it's like, it, it, yeah. it almost would be better if it just stayed as it was when it was really bad a year ago. Right. It's just like, yes. no, wait a minute. I just got, I got used to this. <laughs> It's forever changing. You're exactly right. And what we're hoping to do is just provide people, you know, with different tools and resources to help them cope and adjust um, as best as they possibly can. Uh, we actually have been going into the schools and, um, you know, honestly, I think we can even finish out the program just in going into the schools and not only speaking to the children, but speaking to the staff and the faculty as well. Um, you know, talk about a population who has had to adapt to change. Yeah. Um, 
really, really struggling, and it's been quite a challenge. Um, you know, the schools, I think, probably right now, with the children going back, is probably one of the highest need um, as far as populations are concerned. Do you think that children maybe have been overlooked a little bit when it comes to the the mental impact of all these changes and all the uncertainties uh, with people just kind of brushing over it, the kids are so adaptable and so used, you throw something at them and they just kind of deal with it? Absolutely. And, then, you know, they're at an age group where it's difficult for, you know, many children to express how they're feeling verbally. So you're absolutely right. They are a population that is easily overlooked. And we do kind of assume at times that, oh, right, they will just adapt to change and we'll just throw this at them or, you know, having to catch them up from a year of missed school. And that shouldn't be a problem for them. But in fact, it's, it's been a real problem. Um, I know the suicide rates have increased, mm. um, you know, even children needing referrals to outpatient counseling because they're so stressed. They're so stressed about their grades or they're stressed about learning, you know, chemistry or math at home by themselves or their parents who are not, you know, experts in that subject. So it's been very, very stressful on the children. Absolutely. When things first started to unfold, and a lot of people were feeling very much overwhelmed as the numbers were just escalating of cases and fatalities and bad news after worse news after worse news after that. Uh, one of the things that the then governor um, Cuomo had was there was a, a cooperative thing with kind of an online meditation group. And that was kind of the first step as we before this whole Project Hope thing got uh, got launched. Is that kind of level of coping and advice uh, or just having someone to talk to or a time to just sit and breathe? Is is that kind of guidance still relevant in this part with this phase that we're going through? Sure, absolutely. I think online and virtual means have really increased since the pandemic. I mean, people are doing all sorts of things right now, including meditating, um, meeting with a counselor. Um, in fact, we have our New York Project Hope website available, which does allow you to join virtual support groups or to speak to an online counselor. We have um, our personal helpline that's available from 830 to 5, and New York Project Hope has their hotline as well. So there are a lot of things that are available um, through, you know, our latest technology, Zoom, um, for instance, is something that we utilize here um, with Project Hope. We have done a numerous Zoom um, group sessions with um, organizations. We've done compassion fatigue, and we've also done presentations for children at school. So certainly utilizing the virtual option or the Zoom options have absolutely increased since COVID, yes. There's that whole love-hate relationship with technology. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but If you haven't been familiar with technology, I think a lot of people certainly feel a lot more comfortable now using it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people that never thought that they would utilize it, even post-2011 flooding when people found that the only way that they could file for FEMA assistance for flood benefits was through computer and we had a lot of people that didn't have computers and finding out where they yeah. could go to get help. Those people, that was almost a stepping stone toward you know dealing with this. But the fact that you've got the anonymity as we have found with social media where it's very easy for people to hide behind their online persona, this is actually... A, a, useful 
if you will, for people who have that stigma of you don't seek help, you don't ask somebody to to just sit and listen to you, let you get it off your chest, that sitting on the computer and taking advantage of these services online actually is kind of uh, would be a helpful shield, I would think. You're absolutely right. In fact, we have um, noticed that people um, are tending to be a little bit more receptive because the group is not a group of clinicians. So that you're absolutely right. There is still, unfortunately, still a stigma associated with mental health. Um, so when people hear that we are not clinicians, I think that, that that does alleviate a little bit of stress to having that stigma associated with them. And like you said, the anonymity um, is confidential, anonymous, and free, which is, of, of course, um, a little bit more appealing to certain people as well. So, um, yes, it's such a great um, program. You know, it's helped so many people. Um, I would like to give you the Emotional Support Helpline. Absolutely. um, has available. It's confidential, anonymous, and and free, like I said, um, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. Um, And it's an emotional support hotline where you can speak to a a trained crisis counselor. And that number is one 844 863-9314. I'm writing that down. So <laughs> we'll make sure we have it on the website. So I want to make sure I get that written down. Yeah. Um, and then let, let me also give you, Kathy, our Broome County helpline, which is available from Monday through Friday, 830 to 5, and that will go right to our team lead. Um, that number is 607-778-9075. I'm going to throw a quick monkey wrench at you before we run out of time. Um, just playing devil's advocate, which is one of the, one of our jobs here in the media. Um, the fact that this is with the New York State Department of Health and Mental Health Services and such like that, and you know, we're saying the word New York State. I want to make sure that people are aware that this is to talk through what you're feeling and things like that, you're not going to be ramming down people's throats. Why aren't you vaccinated? What's wrong with you for not getting vaccinated? And the Uh, whole vaccinated versus non-vaccinated stuff that people have a mistrust of the government. So I want to throw that out there. No, not at all. Absolutely not. So just you're anonymous. (laughs) You got issues. You're feeling overwhelmed. You need somebody right. to talk to. These are the folks to give a call. Right. No, no. We're not medical professionals. Um, we, we, we do not. You know, obviously, there are some people who um, want to speak about that, and we'd certainly listen. But we're not here to influence or to, you know, give our opinion or to um, give medical advice to anybody. Um, there is information on the New York Project Hope web portal um, if they do want information on the vaccine. And there's even information of dealing with anxiety regarding the, the vaccine. But as far as, like you're saying, shoving anything down anyone's throats, um, no, absolutely not. That's not what we're here for. I think I've covered all the bases now. <laughs> I think that was Great. the final base, don't you? Okay. <laughs> well, we no, are we are here to talk and we're here to listen. That's our that's our um, you know kind of thing that we say, and that that's that's what we're here for. We're here to help. And uh, hopefully, you'll be out of a job before too long. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we are out of time, Joanne. Thank you so much for being my guest. 
This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Are you putting your retirement